Hi, Matthew. I'm Eric Croft, CEO of Leading Edge Materials. We are a Canadian public company uh, focused on critical raw materials in the European Union. What better place to be, Eric, than the <laughs> middle of Europe? Hey, um, look, appreciate you coming on. We, I think, last caught up with Philip about um, a year or so ago, um, tricky markets in terms of the equities, but the EV narrative rumbles on strong. Um, can you so just can you give us a bit of your background so people understand who you are? Yeah, thanks. Very nice to be here. I'm a long-term uh, listener of of uh, your uh, channel. Uh, so I'm I'm Swedish. Uh, I left uh, uh, Sweden when when I when I was young. I worked internationally. About uh, 20 years ago, I I found myself uh, living in China. I was running a dry bulk shipping business, and uh, that was a really exciting period. It was the beginning of the what we now call the commodity supercycle. I was transporting uh, iron ore and coal, which was of course feeding this uh, incredible growth over there. And uh, anyway, si since that time, I've been uh, completely passionate and focused on, on um, investing in and running uh, commodity-related natural resource and energy businesses. Okay, and, and, and just to, again, just going to help people understand, you're, you're also invested, there's a, I guess, a friend of the platform, uh, Daniel Major, um, with, with GoVX Go as well. You're, you are participating in that as a, as a rather large shareholder as well. For, so for people who know uh, Daniel, uh, meets Eric. Um, right, I need, I need to talk about what's going on here, though, with, with, this, with leading edge materials, um, because not much seems to have changed in, in the last year. I get equities to the top, but you've got to move things forward on the on the ground. So you've got three projects, small companies with lots of projects, big portfolio. Um, you're going to get cash constraint. You therefore need to get focus. So what is the focus for you and what's important for people to understand about the, the, the what you're doing in the company? Yeah, you, uh, you're right, of course, Matthew. So a bit of background. Uh, Leading Edge Materials is a company that I got involved in about three years ago in 2020 and the company needed rescuing and, and uh, uh, I was interested in the assets that they had. Uh, I uh, became the largest shareholder of the company. We uh, changed the board. It used to have a board with people from Australia, Canada and many time zones away from Europe. So we put the European uh, board in place and, and we uh, refocused uh, how we wanted to develop the assets of the company. Uh, the um, board that I put in place is we have a, a chairman who you might know who's called Lars-Erik Johansson, who has a, a long illustrious career from mining uh, top positions at very big companies such as Falcon Bridge, Boliden, Kinross Gold, Noranda, etc. And Lars-Erik was in uh, 2006, he was recruited by Robert Friedland to to uh, be the CEO and build Ivanhoe Mines. At that time, Ivanhoe Mines was uh, literally one drill hole in the Congo, and Lars Erik built that into the big company it is today. That's well on its way to being the third largest copper producer uh, shortly. So he retired from Ivanhoe Mines and, and uh, three years ago, and, and uh, he came to join me. Uh, with this and he I think sees that the assets that we have can be developed to be 
really meaningful in a Swedish and European context. You mentioned Daniel Major, who's also on the board, who uh, is the CEO of Govix Uranium, a company I've been very intimately involved with for, for uh, several years. Uh, Daniel is a mining engineer and, in, in my opinion, the best junior mining CEO, uh, at least that I've come across, so something to aspire to. Uh, when we took over the company, it, it was uh, uh, a bit of a turnaround story and, and we had to roll up our sleeves and, and get focused. And, and uh, the, uh, the projects in Sweden uh, had to, had, we will talk more about those. So we, we had to relook at those and, and uh, uh, really I got involved as a director and since last year I'm also the CEO and that's really a, a, the next step of this refocusing, uh, uh, refocusing to, to develop the projects. Okay, well, well, okay, let's look, let's look at this. We'll break this down. Okay, you've got obviously the rare earths uh, in, in Finland. You're also, you're also sitting on a graphite project. You're also sitting on nickel cobalt project. So you, you're hitting you're hitting all the big big names out of the park, right? Everything that everyone wants. But when you kind of bring people like uh, Lars Eric uh, Lars Eric uh, Johansson on board, there's an expectation that you guys have got a plan and a plan to win. A plan to succeed, a plan to build, a plan to raise the capital to be able to do that. So I mentioned before we kind of get into talking precisely what you're doing with each of these uh, assets is what is the big idea? How do you move these things forward? Do you appreciate where you're at? You're all big, successful guys, built big companies before, made lots of money. But do you know where you're at? It's it's Your starting point is quite low. So how do you ensure or, you know, not, yeah, how do you ensure success? Uh, uh, totally, you hit, uh, hit um, held on the nail. Uh, so, uh, relative to our size, we have uh, three large projects, and and the market cap is is uh, dismal. So, uh, you're absolutely right about that. We ha we ha actually had even a fourth project that we divested. We sold that uh, a year and a half ago. We had a lithium project in Sweden, great prospects, but it was better to divest to not to be distracted by too many things. Uh, to how we plan to build this, so we, uh, we, we believe in the value of our assets. Obviously, it's all about shareholder value. I'm the largest shareholder of the company myself. There is, uh, I'm looking out for the value of my shares, at the same as for, obviously, uh, everyone else. And uh, that is, it's about building a team of uh, competent people. And, and uh, so far, we have been advancing our projects uh, by being efficient and we've been internally funded by insiders and uh, yes you are right we're we're not delusional that we think we can uh, with a 30 million market cap develop uh, half a billion dollar projects left and right obviously not so uh, but uh, they are big projects we are gonna get them developed but uh, uh, when we get to that point obviously we're, we're gonna find the best solution uh, to do that and of course, yeah, raising hundreds of millions when you have a small market cap like ours, that, that, that's not the way to do it. Well, yeah, otherwise you may as well take a private, right? Um, so so let, let's look at the assets because I, I, I get it. May, maybe we, we can unlock some of what's going on in your head talking about the assets. You might, can we start with rare earths first? Obviously, highly, highly topical, critical minerals list around the world, you know, trying to secure friendly providers of rare, rare earths. So... Where are you at with that project? Because there's there's a PEA out, but 
how's it going to move forward? Yeah, uh, so the the Norra Schär uh, deposit, as as it's known, it's in central Sweden. It was discovered a uh, hundred years ago or so, and uh, it is uh, an absolute tier one world class rare earth deposit, and the only one of its kind in in Europe. Uh, it is uh, important because it's uh, large, 110 million tons, and it is especially richly endowed with the, uh, the two heavy rare earth elements that are critical when you make permanent magnets. And um, the, you mentioned the PA, which, which uh, uh, we published a year and a half ago. Uh, the, when, if we back the, the tape a little bit, the, the, when we took over the company, uh, everyone understands that this is a terrific, uh, asset and, and, and so forth. Um, but uh, the challenge was always to get it permitted in Sweden. Uh, permitting in Sweden has been very difficult. And, and uh, so when we took over, we thought uh, uh, to unlock the value of this, we need to uh, have a relook at the project with a, with a view to how, how can we give this project the maximum chances to get permitted. So we did that. Uh, and that's expressed in that PA, and, and we increase resource efficiency. The way the project was before, it was basically only planning to recover the rare earth elements, basically leading to 99.5% waste. So we've increased the resource efficiency to over 65% by also recovering nephilim cyanide, an uh, industrial mineral, um, niobium and uh, zirconium and... and uh, uh, we have also removed the uh, chemical processing off-site, so which means that then we don't need. Uh, there's no use for wet tailings uh, on uh, on the property. We've decreased water use. We think we can decrease that to almost almost zero. And and uh, and the way so the way we've done it now, we feel that. That it is, uh, uh, we really listened to all the criticism from the local people who were resisting this project, and you, you can say that they won in in this regard because we have looked at this. We've uh, turned every knob and so on to to uh, 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 make sure that it is as as um, non-intrusive as a mining project can be, and that coupled now with the fact that the wind has changed a lot, as you know, in, in Europe. Um, if you want to put some kind of positive spin on the terrible atrocities taking place in Ukraine right now, it is perhaps that uh, Brussels and other European countries uh, realize that that uh, uh, it's not a good idea to put oneself in a position of, of dependence on a foreign power that maybe doesn't share our uh, value, Western values or geopolitical goals. And uh, that's obvious with gas from Russia. And, and you know, may, maybe it's also with, with uh, uh, other critical metals, critical materials that we need to sustain our way of life from, from far away. So um, we see now that, that uh, we have undivided uh, support to get this de developed and, and that is is from Brussels it is from Stockholm and, and it is from other European countries and large European companies there's a huge effort now to develop 
a permanent magnet industry, both in the US, where I think it's driven more by the military industrial complex, and in Europe, it's driven by large companies, especially in, in, in Germany and, and France, not to be dependent on, on uh, uh, Asia and far away and, um, and so forth. So we fit right into that, because if you want to build a European permanent magnet industry, the uh, heavy rare earths, the, uh, our deposit is really the only game in town. And anyway, it's a fabulous deposit. You, you uh, mentioned the numbers on that PEA, which are insane. Uh, it, uh, the, the economics of getting that developed is truly terrific. So it's really a question of permitting. And uh, you say, yeah, no, nothing much has changed since you interviewed Philip. In, uh, you, you're right, of course. Permitting things take a very long time. It's, it's really difficult, very hard work. I spend most of my days on this issue. Uh, and it's not that much to report until you hit the milestone. And, and it can be long between milestones. And so right now we are doing a, a Natura 2000 permit application, something which at the moment is required uh, for, for a project like this. Uh, that may not be a requirement next year, but we cannot count on that. So we are, we are doing this now. Anyway, all the work that we do will be reused uh, in the next stage of permitting anyway. And uh, we like to do this Natura 2000 application because it gives us a way to, to really demonstrate the, the properties of the new project that we redesigned three years ago. Because uh, still when people talk about this project, they make the references to how it was before. And, and, and we are really proud how, how we have developed this and, and to have the, let's say, newly designed project judge, judged on, on uh, these new parameters. Okay. Let me interrupt you if, if I may, because, you know, the, the permit process, it, it takes a long time anywhere, okay? And Sweden's a big, you know, it's a good mining jurisdiction. So it's a case of you've got to go through the phases and get, you know, go through that process. I understand that. But, what I don't want to do is kind of skip through the kind of, you know, the, I should say the, the PEA numbers are, you know, pretty good, um, but it's a PEA, right? You kind of got to go through those economic study phases uh, as well. Given it was a 2021 PEA and given the change you referenced, but one of the reasons for that, obviously, you know, R Russia, Ukraine situation, obviously COVID, supply chain issues, all, that, all those sorts of things that happened. We've seen companies look at their projects with with a, with a new set of eyes they say look it's a different world the economics are slightly different as a result the margins are slightly different as, as a result access to cash is different as a result the cost of that cash is different as a result are you tempted with you know for the next economic study phase um to relook at how you shape that project, given the size of it, given the numbers that you think that you can get, um, would that would that be kind of because I, I guess the thing that sort of attracted me to you know this conversation when when we first made that we perhaps we should talk was the the commercial team. There's a kind of commercial imperative about how you build stuff, how things actually get funded, not just talking about market headlines, trying to you know drag some attention to you know let you know spurious projects which will never work so you you're in here to make money so what are you doing about it in that sense yeah so the uh, the, uh, the permitting issue of course is key without getting it permitted 
one has yeah. that thing. So, so let's take yeah, that. let's take that. We'll park that. Let's assume you're going through the process properly, and that will happen. If it can happen, it'll happen. What about the commercial bit? Yeah, we, well, we see, we, we yeah, we feel ex- we uh, I feel very confident about the permitting and and with the with the project and with how sentiment and everything has has changed. Now, if you want to talk about strategic projects, so designated by the European Union. I mean, the Nora Share project, there's nothing that ticks all of the boxes better than, than that does. So, so uh, uh, we, we will, uh, the, the project used to have a PFS. We will uh, do a, a, a new PFS or go straight to FS. We, we will start that uh, towards the end of this year. And, and I think the, the, the numbers will hope you know be even more compelling than what you mentioned we, we have uh, there's uh, mostly positive things that have happened since the PA was published in 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 this regard so you know let's see of course yes uh, no matter which way you turn it to to uh, build that and develop it uh, is going to require a lot of money especially re- uh, in relation to our market cap so so most of the money to build a project actually is for the hydrometallurgical plants, that, uh, which, as I mentioned, we want to move off-site. Uh, so, uh, obviously, this opens up different avenues, uh, and could we have look at different type of partnerships for different parts of the project? The, the mine itself is not very costly and, and pretty quick to build there. We will only be mining it, uh, about a million tons per year. It's not a, that big an operation. But uh, yeah, this is something that that uh, we will uh, get focused on when, when when we move forward and when when we see uh, how everything is going. Appreciate it. you can't tell us everything yet, uh, but I just I did want to kind of push you on that because I think the kind of the commercial team is the impressive bit here. It's it's kind of like you know leading edge materials. 2.0 for me. This is what this, I feel this conversation could be. Um, shall we jump to Romania? So here we're saying on screen, can we jump to Romania? Uh, you put a press release out um, and obviously it's again, like you say, these are good projects. We talk about, the headline is talks about 30% nickel and 4.7% cobalt at your Romanian project. I mean, I didn't know we could do that. So what, what are we actually looking at? Yeah. So as a, uh, yeah, the 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 lab uh, when we sent the assays, they uh, called back and said, uh, "Sorry, are you sending us ore, or is it uh, concentrate?" Because they only measure up to thirty percent nickel, uh, which is what we have in the gallery wall. Uh, yeah. So to to uh, back up the tape a bit, this this project was initiated w- well before my time, and uh, uh, they had this. Um, prospecting license in Romania, they had heard that, you know, there was the potential for uh, nickel and cobalt and, and so forth. And, and uh, on the in the license area, there's an old uranium mine. It was mined out and shut, depleted in, in uh, 1993. Uh, because of that uranium deposit, uh, they, they had done so much exploration in the area, look, looking only for uranium, and it, it was started by the Soviets in the fifties when they were uh, um, kind of an occupying force in Romania. And uh, after the Romanians kicked them out, then, then the Romanians continued. And uh, so, um, yeah, yeah, the uranium is well known. It's well known that they found 
lots of other mineralization. Uh, everything that wasn't uranium was considered a failure, as it was back then. So, so we picked that up and and started looking, and and um, so we have access to to uh, lots of old documentation. We have uh, the geologist who who uh, works on this uh, for me is uh, the guy who was in charge back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, and uh, so we have access to a, a lot of knowledge and, and, and experience. And and, uh, and most importantly, we have literally hundreds of kilometers of underground galleries. That's how they were exploring back then. So they would just drive these uh, kilometers, tunnels uh, into the mountains. Uh, the area is, is incredibly mineralized and, and um, uh, well known uh, geologically. You have uh, kind of these big hills from the bottom of the valley to the peak of the hill. It's about a thousand meters and it's landscape with lots of these hills everywhere. And, and it's amazing when you're there because really every hill has a story to tell. So uh, close to us, there is, for example, the uh, Gabriel Resources with the 20 plus billion pounds of uh, uh, 20 plus million ounces of, of gold in the ground. You have adjacent to us uh, uh, two hills. There is um, uh, literally, I think, every copper roof in Vienna, Prague, and Budapest comes from 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 that hill. Uh, you have another hill where where uh, the Austro-Hungarian Empire was rescued from bankruptcy when they found a very rich silver deposit. Um, so you know. Uh, so um, when uh, when uh, uh, we had the prospecting license, results were very promising. It was interesting. Then the next step is to to uh, apply for an exploration license, which is exclusive. And uh, then the previous team hit uh, got uh, bogged down with different legal processes. We, we were not a party to those, but the, the issuing the the uh, issuing process was appealed by other parties and, and it, it was a mess and really four or five years were lost in that. I, I, I uh, started uh, last year, I managed to resolve all, all of that, uh, the legal situation and we got the exploration license. Uh, in January, we, we got the permit to enter these galleries and so we, and we've been advancing this project really quickly uh, since. And uh, you mentioned the press releases, and uh, the, yeah, it's, the results are not disappointing. And I think there's plenty more to come. Uh, and um, so, because uh, there is uh, uranium, uh, you know, there's the old uranium mine there, and uh, of course we have the uh, there's a lot of radon in some of these galleries. And we actually have a Romanian record with the highest radon reading, over twenty thousand. Becquerel per cubic meter. Uh, that, that impressed uh, uh, some people. Uh, we we had put in very, very nice. These pictures are on our uh, website and, and on, on Twitter. We put a uh, very nice ventilation system and and, and uh, to get that down to a safe working environment. Uh, next thing now is uh, we are uh, channel sampling these gallery walls. Uh, uh, that will be done shortly. Uh, those assays, well, I mean, that, that's the same kind of value as if you're drilling because these galleries go straight through the ore body. Uh, everywhere you look, you have oxidized nickel and cobalt. It's all green and purple uh, inside there. And uh, uh, that is um, 
very interesting. Then the last press release that you mentioned uh, also is uh, we also have a, a base metal deposit that is uh, completely separate from the nickel cobalt, uh, and um, uh, the, there we have from the if you read the press release from in the from the, the inside the galleries up to a trench where we have it's the same mineralization and it's continuous and we have very high. Uh, it's over a kilometer strike and it's very high values of, of uh, uh, lead, zinc, uh, silver. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's a lot to look at here. And by the way, the, these two targets that we started with, we have a long list of targets on the property. And this was the two ones that are not even the most promising. Uh, we started with this because of administrative reasons. And so, I mean, there is huge reasons to be very optimistic with with. Uh, with uh, this exploration project. So how, how do you get a funding? Target, more targets equals more money, equals more time. So you've told us about, obviously, the project in Sweden, which kind of stands up on its own. If that's all you had, that stands up on its own. You've got this, you've got exploration licenses at now, and you were sort of you know on the ground looking at these galleries and so forth, and, and the grades are good, and it's indicative of, if, if these aren't even your, your, your favorite targets, it all bodes well. We can need to spend money putting data together, which is going to be of interest to the market. It's going to also inform your decision-making as to how long or if you continue to keep putting money into Romania. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, you've thought one asset out already. You know, Because you've got to manage this process from a $30 million company, which is going to, let's, let's say, not say cash constrained in the sense that you've got access to cash, but it's the cost of that capital. You, you've got to have a plan for how the company, rather than just the individual assets, you know, gets built out. Do you know what I mean? So you're starting to tell me a really interesting story about Romania. And, the, and like I say, the great, I've read the press release from, you know, top to bottom. And it's, it's fascinating. But how do you move it forward? Yeah. You know, the, the, um, if you look in our uh, financial statements, uh, you will see that, that the, the money that we have deployed since we took over three years ago has, has, has been really well spent. And, and we have that in our DNA. We are, we are uh, as I said, I'm the largest shareholder. I eat my own cooking in this regard. There's no money wasted and, and uh, all of that. So, uh, and, and since we took over, we have actually not done a placing of shares for the last three years. So show me any junior mining company that's doing what we are doing that hasn't raised money. And that, again, I'm the shareholder. I don't want to be diluted. Uh, we, are, we are super careful. Uh, having said that, of course, it does cost money. Uh, how it's been funded to date is uh, me and, and other insiders have uh, had uh, 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 warrants from when we rescued the company in 2019 and 2020. Uh, we have been exercising those warrants uh, that we thought was a prudent and, and responsible, non-dilutive uh, way to fund the company. Uh, I, I think there is still support uh, to keep on doing that. That the money in Romania, while it's not negligible money, it is um, uh, it's okay. We can manage to do that. The permitting process in Sweden uh, that we talked about before is, of course not free cost money to, to do that but again it's it's not you know a hundred million that you need to build the mine it's it's uh, we are comfortable to do what we have to do uh, 
me as a CEO, I actually I don't even draw a salary, uh, and uh, I'm I'm focused on on uh, building shareholder value for myself first and foremost. Right. Okay. That's always comforting to hear. Any shareholders not going to mark you down for that one. That's for sure. But at the same time, they do want to know not just you careful arbiters of, of of capital and you're not destroying value that way. But it's what you're going to do with the money that you do have. That's that's important. And, and I, I so I'm just conscious we probably just very quickly, you know, tip our hat towards the kind of graphite project also in Sweden, um, and get a sense of you know what's happening there and maybe where future value is there because 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 again, you know, there's a PEA out on that. So what what can you tell us about where where you are with the graphite project? Yeah. So yeah, we we have a a built and permitted graphite mine and plant in central Sweden. And it's the only one of its kind in, in the European Union, one of the few in, in the Western world. So, of course, with the growing use of graphite, in, uh, which is the anode in all, all lithium-ion chemistries currently, uh, uh, there is a projected uh, lots more demand that has not really filtered through into the price yet, but but uh, we're hopeful that that will come. Uh, so yeah, g- given that the, the mine is there and it's built, it, it can be uh, put into production. I mean, to produce graphite concentrate would be pretty quick and easy and minimal capex. In theory, we can start digging graphite out of the ground there tomorrow. Uh, but gra- as you point out, graphite concentrate is a kind of low value product and that's why uh, production was stopped uh, eight years ago there. It was put on care and maintenance. Uh, and we have been developing a downstream uh, active anode material business case. And that is reflected in the PA that, that you mentioned, which um, uh, came out in 2021. Uh, but um, uh, we announced last year that we were considering a restart of the concentrate production we we haven't made a decision on that and that's really due to market conditions so uh, when we see market signals that give us confidence that that uh, finally the uh, graphite demand uh, supply dynamic plays out favorably then yeah that that asset is quick to put into production at at the moment it uh, we, we think it's a it's a valuable asset it's scarce it is it would be even more so when all these gigafactories in Europe that are being built around us when they go into production, then we think it, it's a tremendously valuable asset. But, but at the moment, yeah, it's, uh, um, uh, we, we keep it on, on care and maintenance. Okay, no, and that's fine. Because um, I, I care about, you know, how you make money and, you know, and, and, and where does that come from and the timing of that and, you know, what are you doing from, what if, you know, what, in the case of just what have you done for me lately, what are you going to do for me in, in the near term, um, what what should I, as either a current investor or a potential new investor, be thinking when I look at this? Because, like I say, it's been kind of kind of sideways for a while now. You you're there as the new CEO, okay, um, and you got a, a team of all stars there who know what they're doing. But it's it's it, it it needs to go somewhere. So what 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 should I be thinking in terms of what I could be investing into with you? 
Well, I, I think I think the where I'm happy with as a shareholder of the company is that that how we have positioned it is is we have really positioned it in that it offers the the most convex uh, exposure to these energy transition metals uh, in Europe, uh, and uh, as uh, as you know, the mining industry is not a quick. Uh, it, it takes a long time usually to go from from developing something to when you have a cash flow and, and I, I, I think at the price point where where the company's value now that of course function of liquidity uh, in general and us having kept perhaps a too low profile for, for a long time we've been more focused on operational things and advancing the projects but, but uh, I, I think uh, you know the value proposition here and the way we are positioning this and, and the way that uh, these projects are going to get developed, I, I think, you know, the upside is, is awesome. But yeah, there is, uh, you know, obviously zero revenues at the moment and, and uh, uh, developing this is, is going to cost money. Aircraft, thank you very much for your time today. I'm interested in how you how you're going to move these forward. I'm interested in what, what you said today. Uh, stay in touch with us and let us know how you get on, okay? Thank you. <laughs>